Welcome. I'm Julie Bacon, and you're listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast, a podcast for dog handlers who are on a mission to achieve big goals. Here I share lessons, insights, personal stories, and tools you can apply during your next show, trial, or test to help you strengthen your mental game and hopefully cue more consistently. Be sure to check out the show notes where you'll find details about the episodes, plus important links, including the link to the Dogged Planner and Workbook created just for handlers on a mission. So if you're ready to improve your competitive mindset, get out of your own way, and connect with your dog like never before, then it's time to get comfy, bring an open mind, and work your mindset. Hey there, and welcome back to the podcast. Okay, this week's topic comes from a quote that I heard. Well, obviously it was a quote, something I heard. Somebody said it, it must be a quote. Anyway, um, and here it is. It says, there's a time to work on obedience, but there's also a time to work on trust and confidence. And to that, I'm gonna add relationship, right? So I just thought this was like fascinating. I had to listen to it multiple times, even though it wasn't that long, um, because I think this is a really interesting thing to like parse in that you know so often we think of training as this like active time of teaching our dogs to do something we're going to need them to be able to do right like a skill or a routine or a sequence or part of a skill or sometimes we think of life lessons as skills right sometimes we think of socializing or just taking a puppy to a show just to get them used to like those kinds of environments. Sometimes we consciously think of that kind of stuff, but sometimes we don't. And, um, you know, if someone asks you like, oh, well, when are you training your dog or how are you training your dog? Um, I have a, my, I'm going to say it, my obnoxious response is like, I'm always training my dogs. My dogs are always reading me. They're reading me right now, right? The recording equipment is out. So they know that I'm not going to be available to them for a while. Um, and speaking of dogs, sorry if you can hear Indy huffing and puffing in the background. We're going through some health things right now. So this is how she breathes at this point. Um, but anyway, I think that it's an interesting, it's interesting to think about when we are, quote, working with our dogs or when we are training our dogs or when we are giving them skills, right? And I think that's one of the things that I reacted to so strongly about this quote that I heard is that, you know, we think of obedience as training. And and I don't mean just obedience in terms of like the obedience in that venue, but obedience could be, you know, I need you to learn to do something that I need you to do. Like I need you to quote behave, or I need you to do something a certain way. It could be any sport, right? It could be agility, could be hurting, could be any sport. And so, but we think of those things as like, I'm going to train them. I'm going to give them a skill that, so that they will be able to perform it later. And we think of that as sort of skills and training. And I really have always thought of skills as like, well, they need life lessons. They need to be able to like, you know, stay in their crate when I open the door in the car so that they don't jump out onto the interstate, right? Like that's a life lesson. That's a skill. That's, that's, that's just how that I need them to be in the world, right? So in my opinion, we're always training our dogs, right? Because like I said, they're always, they're always reading us. They're always listening to us. We're doing all these little micro things 
um, that we don't even probably know that we're doing, but our dogs are learning to adapt. That's why like you go to one person's house and their dogs sort of act a certain way in the house and you go to another person's house and those dogs have act a different way and have different parameters or, you know, kind of boundaries or whatever it is. Right. So what I thought was interesting about this quote though, is it makes those things that are more unconscious, like those how to live or how to build trust or how to build a relationship, they make them conscious. They make them things that like at the beginning of the week, we put on our list of things to train, right? Like how interesting to me to put on your list, like I want to work on building trust this week. Like, my God, like, what does it even look like? Like, I, I think about that and like, and I think about, you know, these words in this quote, right? Trust and confidence. And I think of like, okay, what would I actually do with my dog to build trust? What would I actually do with my dog to build confidence? And that I've talked about actually on this podcast before, but I've talked about it in a very specific context of building Moxie's confidence in the agility ring. Well, that's so specific. What if I just built her confidence everywhere? What would that look like? What would I do? And I added to this quote relationship um, because I think that we're always working on relationship, but again, I think we're working on it maybe not as consciously as we could be. And what would that look like? So I'm adding this to now when you're saying like, okay, this is not a dog training podcast. <laughs> this is a mindset podcast. It is, but it's also a goals podcast. You know, I like my goals. And so I think what's interesting is when we have goals and we start to think about, okay, under our, our outcome goals that we have, we have these process goals, these things that our dogs are going to need to be able to do successfully in order to put themselves in a position to be able to get these titles and all this stuff. And under those process goals are skills, right? And so I'm right now having this moment of broadening my definition even of skills to really include things like trust, confidence, relationship. And while those might not be skills in a way that, that you can go send them to do something, think about how foundational trust, confidence, relationship, connection is to us being able to perform in the ring. Because at the end of the day, when we walk into a ring, we are trusting in our dog's training, but we're also, aren't we trusting in our relationship and in their confidence and all of that combined to really be a team, right? So now it's like, what makes a team? You can tell my mind was like, like really taking this quote places in my brain. Um, and so I just think it's, it's really eye opening to think about how we consciously give our dogs trust in us, confidence in us, but in life, right? To be a confident, curious dog um, and relationship and things like that. Um, I think that, you know, when they're when our puppies, the best gift we can give them is like I always call it brave curiosity, you know, to be curious enough to when something surprises them to move toward it instead of away from it, right? I had a moment of that actually today with Trip, who's not a puppy. He's six and a half. And there was this like, you know, those grabbers that some people use to pick up the leashes, like in agility or whatever, and those like grabbers or whatever. Anyway, someone was playing with the grabber with him and they, they closed it right on him in his nose. And he like jumped backward, like three feet. And he was like, oh my God. But instead of running away, he immediately came back to it. 
And then eventually he grabbed it, not the end that was trying to kill him, obviously, but he grabbed the side of it and he carried it away. And I was like, that's the dog that I'm really proud to have raised a confident, brave dog that when faced with something that scared him, initially he came back. Now that's a simple, easy, stupid example. I get it. But I think it's an example of resilience, right? Because when we build trust and confidence and relationship, our dogs become more resilient. And what we need them to be in the ring, what would help us so much as handlers, right? Because we need to be resilient too, right? Um, But it would help us to know that our dogs are being resilient as well, right? If I had confidence that my dog could make a mistake, but bounce back the next jump or the next obstacle or whatever it is, whatever ring I'm in, that calms me as a handler a little bit and I don't freak out as much, right? Um, Versus, you know, those dogs that make a mistake and I have one of everything in my house, but like the dogs that make a mistake and then the next obstacle are still affected because they're like, oh no, I made a mistake. It was terrible, whatever. And of course me in my head, I'm like, bounce back, snap out of it. You're fine, right? But it's not enough for me to think that or say that. I have to have built that in them. So um, obviously this is just a topic that just sort of broke my brain today, but I wanted to break it down for us in terms of mindset because if we are building these kind of well-rounded, resilient dogs who we can easily, you know, you know, the van pulls up, we open the door and the dogs are like, I don't know, am I at an event or I'm going for a hike today or am I going for a swim today or am I, and we're confident that our dog can handle whatever those environments are, right? Like I know right now I can take my dogs for a hike and they're not going to drag me around. Okay. Well, some of that is quote obedience, but some of that is trust and relationship and confidence right? Because they know that like, oh, I can, if I'm unsure, I can either be curious and figure it out or I've got my mom, right? To lean on because I trust that my mom is going to take me to good places and have good experience or have my back or whatever, whatever, right? Again, simple examples that I think we can all sort of wrap our brains around just to try to get a hold of this concept. So further, when I was really thinking about this, I was thinking like, okay, well then what would I do? do about it, right? So there's two parts of it. The first part is, is what is my, what do my dogs need? What are my dog's holes? And I think Moxie's hole is confidence. She likes to be right. Um, when she's wrong, she's like, oh my God, you know, she is that dog that's like, oh my God, I can't. Whereas when Trip's wrong, he sort of stops and looks at me quizzically like, well, I thought that's what you meant. Like he was like, well, I'm not wrong. You're wrong, <laughs> right? It's kind of the thing. And then Indy's somewhere in between. She likes to be right, um, but it, but and she, but she likes to be perfect. So so if she made a mistake, it is one thousand percent my fault <laughs> because obviously I give her wrong information because she's perfect, right? This is and that's been her demeanor the whole time. Um, actually, no, no, it has not. I'm having a memory. So when I first got Indy. I had my novice A dog as well who would bark and he was just, he was a different kid than she. And um, I, whenever I would yell at him, like to stop barking, because we lived in a townhouse community and like, you know, barking is frowned upon. um, She would run. She would duck, dive, go away, get out of the room, like leave. She was like exit stage left, like can't do this. And I was like, oh my God, you know? And of course I noticed it immediately. Um, but there were things that I had to scold my other dog for, 
maybe in a different way. <laughs> Don't judge my yelling. Um, and, and realize that she couldn't take that. Now, the beautiful thing that happened was all three of us changed our behaviors, right? So within the pack, like my Navase dog probably never got better about barking, but I got better about my reaction. And she got better realizing that like that wasn't, that yelling wasn't for her and she was okay. And nothing bad ever happened. I was just being an annoying mom, <laughs> okay? And so over time, she developed more and more resilience. And even in the first few weeks, like I remember bringing um, one of her siblings home just for like a weekend, just to give him like different exposure to different stuff because my friend had kept the other puppy. And he was very much the same, like something would happen, he would run, tuck tail. And Indy at that point was already starting to develop some of herself. And she was like, hey, no, I'm fine. I'm going to stay. And so very quickly, very quickly, within weeks, I was able to begin to give her the eventual self-confidence that she had, right, which ended up being unshakable. But she didn't come out of the box with that, right? That wasn't necessarily who she was, you know, literally out of the whelping box. You know, she was a little bit more timid or unsure and eventually ended up being a very, very steady, 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 unflappable, bomb-proof sort of dog, okay? Um, I will say my other dogs are very bomb-proof. Moxie is very bomb-proof as well, but she wants to be right when it comes to the, quote, obedience or the things I'm asking her to do, right? So then it makes me think of like, well, what are my dog? What do my dogs need? What are the skills that they need? What are the life skills that they need to be more confident, more resilient, more trusting? Do we need to have a better relationship? And so that's really interesting. So have a think on that and I'll be right back. Okay, super quick. If you've been DIYing your mindset, it might be time to commit to the Q membership. Each month, we take on a different theme and go deep on those topics each week. Handlers report back they have improved their confidence, gotten a handle on pressure, reduced their ring nerves, and more. The link to the membership is always in the show notes, and there's a monthly and annual option. If you choose the annual option, be sure to put Q Podcast in at checkout to get an additional month for free. You also get a coaching call with me. Back to the show. Okay, so when I think about, we left off sort of thinking about what are our skills or I don't know, I guess skills is the right word, but maybe what are our soft skills that our dogs need that we wish that they would have um, to become more resilient in the ring or just even a, a, a more steady competitor. And then, because once we figure that out, then we can start to unwrap, well, what do I need to do, right? We t I talk about, in my goal setting, deliberate training. Like once you know what your goals are, once you know what your, the skills that you need are to accomplish your goals, now you can really map out your training for the days and weeks ahead. If you are tracking your feedback from a trial that happened over the weekend and you're writing down even a few notes or, or a few words or you're tracking your progress from training or classwork or whatever it is, a seminar or something like that, now you know what to work on. Now you can be more deliberate in, in what you're training. And so to me, now I'm adding this, right? This, this whole idea of like trust, relationship, confidence, um, connection, whatever to our deliberate training. 
And connection is a great, I love digging into connection because so often my coaching clients are like, well, I want to run connected or they want that to be a mantra. And one of the, the, well, pretty much the first thing I annoyingly ask them is, well, what does connection mean to you? What does connection look like? Because for one person, it can be eye contact, right? That, that they're like, no, I, that connection and typically comes from someone who's doing obedience or rally. They're like, I want them to look at me. I'm like, okay, well, so you want eye contact. Um, because, and then the example I give is because when Moxie works, for instance, in draft, she doesn't look at me, but she is connected to me. She is working. She's reading my body language. I know that she's being responsive. So you can have connection in this example without eye contact. Okay. So the next person might say, might define connection differently. So however you define it is my point is like then gives you the clues of like how you can quote train it or how you can devote time, maybe is a better way to say this in the context of this conversation, how you can devote time during the week to work on it, right? And so much of these soft skills, trust, relationship, connection, um, they confidence, they come in these little tiny moments. I once had an animal communicator say to me, well, whatever problem you're having in the obedience ring at the time, in the obedience ring, you're probably having somewhere else. You're just not seeing it. And at that time, it was a stay issue. And because uh, we used to do the long out of sight stays back in the day. And, um, and I realized that what that stay issue came down to is it came down to confidence. That dog did not want me out of sight for three and then five minutes. Um, and that was, and he was a boy. So burner boys tend to be a little clingier and, but it came down to confidence and, um, this kind of like resilience and this reliability that like this exercise was going to be okay, that it was going to work out okay. So once I knew that that was sort of at the base of what the problem was, then I could look for it in other places. I could look for it in other places where he would be less confident or he was showing those things to me. And then I could be working on it all the time. I could be working on those things at home, um, in my living room, right? When we would go to a park or, you know, go do something quote unrelated to sport, it still was related, right? So those, those issues, and I keep using these words, A, because they were in the quote, but B, I think they're really foundational, trust, relationship, confidence. Um, I think those are really key to our dogs performing with us, right? I want my dogs to be independent thinkers. I want them to be able to problem solve, right? Because they're going to work away from me and they've got to, they're going to get a new challenge that we haven't seen before and they're going to need to think through it. So I don't want to be super prescriptive with every little thing that they learn to do because I can't predict every kind of event or situation they'll be in. So, but they need to be confident in order to be able to choose how to problem solve that situation, right? And problem solve like, oh, that's a new distraction I haven't seen or whatever, whatever, right? So how do we build confidence? How do we build confident dogs? How do we build dogs who trust in us that we will take care of them? And I'm not, you know, talking to make them into, you know, dogs who like have to be so reliant on us because see confidence, um, but that they trust that what we're asking them to do is the right thing or is the good thing or is the thing that they'll be able to do, right? That we're going to 
they trust us that we're not going to overface them. We're not going to ask too much of them. So it goes in all these crazy directions, right? And, and every one of us, if, you know, if we all were like in, you know, lined ourselves up in little cubbies, we would define trust, you know, um, relationship, confidence, you know, all differently, especially in this context of dogs and dog sports and what that means to us. Um, so I can't be prescriptive there, right? You're going to have to define that for yourself and get a look at your dogs and think about, well, what is it that they need that is this in this kind of life skill category, the soft skill category, and how can I work on it? How can I work on, you know, because for me, one of the things I'm taking away is, you know, I've been, like I said, I've been thinking about Moxie's confidence in agility. Well, that's very specific. What if I was working on Moxie's confidence all the time? right? What would that look like? What would I do? What scenarios would I set up at home or what situations or something would I set up at home? Because she's that dog that um, is deceiving in that she goes boldly. You know, she just bowls into a room. She bowls in. But I think part of that's a cover for some of her insecurity, right? So how do I make her a more secure, trusting dog or a more confident dog? Like, how do I do that? Right? So I don't, Again, I don't have the perfect answer because this quote and this the thing that I heard just came to me today, um, just in time for this wonderful episode. But um, to me, it's fascinating. It's breaking my brain a little bit. And I want to figure out how we can break it down so that I can make it a goal or a skill or something like that that I can work on. So now when I walk into the ring, maybe because I'm working on confidence, maybe my process goal is for her to run confidently. Okay, what would that look like? You know, and we have to, don't forget that just, you can't just throw that out there. Like I can't just say, oh, I want her to be confident. Like someone should be able to ask me, well, what does that mean? Or what does that look like? Or what does success look like in that moment? And I should be able to define it. Because in that definition are the things I now can work on, right? If I say, well, she, you know, um, if she, like what would confidence look like? She just, you know, boldly goes, you know, you know, and takes all the jumps and isn't constantly looking backwards or isn't, you know, giving me that body language of unsure, you know, instead her body language is showing me that she knows where she's going and she's secure in doing that. Okay. Not a great definition, maybe. Um, not the smoothest on the spot, but okay. I would be able to know that. And a stranger would be able to know that if they saw it. Okay. So in doing that now I'm like, okay. So if I set up a line in the backyard um, and I give her direction, does she know it? Is she confident in what I'm asking her to do? That I can test for, that I can train, that I can put on my list of things to do this week as I think about my deliberate training, okay? So not trying to break your brain, but kind of am. Um, and I hope that this is sort of food for thought. And also, I think that I'd love to hear like what other soft skills, again, for lack of maybe the perfect phrase, um, would you think are really important to building the kind of partners, the kind of teammates that we need in the ring? And then therefore, what would you do about it? Right? How would you train that? 
how would you go about that? You know, there's so much um, talked about, like in terms of like raising puppies now, which I love all the new, new, not, not as new now, but like the information that we've learned over the last decade and how that's really changing how we're raising puppies, right? And what we're exposing them to, et cetera, et cetera. You know, those of you who've seen, you know, COVID puppies kind of come and go, right? And go through those cycles, like the impact of socialization, um, on them and what socialization really means. It doesn't mean just meeting new puppies, you know, or new things or, you know, checking off. I always call it the scavenger hunt of like men with hat check, you know, um, and all the different things, but like, what is like a truly socialized dog? What does that look like? Right? So we keep changing our evolving. I shouldn't say changing. We keep evolving our knowledge and our ways that we raise these dogs to be these inevitable, wonderful partners that we need when we step to the line or walk into the ring, whichever ring you're going to. So what else? What else can we be still training in our dogs? So fascinating thought. Um, Let me know what you think. I always love the feedback. And no matter what you're doing this week, I hope you have a fantastic week with your dogs. Thanks so much for listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast with me, Julie Bacon. I am so grateful for your precious time. Check out my Dogged Planner workbook and journal available on Amazon. Just search for Dogged Planner. I also offer monthly membership that's perfect for ongoing support of your awesome goals. Check out theqcoach.com for details or just stop by and check out all the ways you can work on your mindset. And be sure to follow me on Facebook and Instagram at The Q Coach and let me know how it's going. Finally, please share, subscribe, and leave a review. This helps us podcasters tremendously. Plus, I know I get my best podcast recommendations from friends. Thanks and have a great week with your dogs.